is the Big Church Podcast. What do y'all think about that one? Well, let me just start out by telling you I love rap music. Not. That's probably one of my favorite rap songs. Are, and the reason why I like that song is I like what it says here. I'm going to read it to you. And you know what? I thought about coming out in my gold chain this morning and, and, and going thug, but, you know, I'm not going to do that. But the first part of that song says, look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or would you let it slip? Yo. I had to get that yo in there. Come on. Title of my message, I'm digging right in. We're going to go on. The title of my message this morning is called One Shot. We're going to be talking about in Mark 10, 46, and, and I got the Ohio Valley crud going on up here, so if I sound like I'm in a cave, I'm in a cave. Mark 10, 46 says this. It says, now they came to Jericho, period. Is that up there? Now they came to Jericho, period. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. I want you to pay attention to the first, first part of that verse. Now they came to Jericho, period, and as they went out of Jericho. You ever said, that's the end of it, period? Have you ever said, hey, I'm not talking about this anymore, period? It's the end of discussion, period, unless you are fighting or arguing with my wife. It's never the end of the discussion, period, with her. But here, just think about that. But what happened in Jericho? What happened? It ended with a period because there was nothing ever recorded afterwards. So I want to know something. Why did that happen? Because I believe Jericho's story ended with a period. They had one shot. They had one opportunity, and they did not regard who was in their city or who was coming through the gate. They allowed him to go, come and go. They didn't regard who was in the city. There were signs. There was wonders. There was miracles. There were things all around going, you know, going around. And, and the city could have been transformed. Think about it. God could have done something big if they would have regarded who he was. Books would have been written about them. Uh, everything would have happened. They missed the greatest opportunity in the moment of history because Jesus rode in and Jesus rode out. Why do you think he just went? Because they didn't recognize his presence. Jesus, if you haven't figured out by now, Jesus is a big deal. We must recognize his presence. You know, here's happened. What would happen if we recognized his presence every time he came into our lives? The Bible, there's a song that says, when he walks, listen to me, when he walks into a room, everything changes. Everything you've been going through when Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and be a part of that, everything changes in your life. What would happen if we acknowledged his presence? There would be people healed, people restored, marriages and families mended. Town, you ought to be excited about Jesus walking in your room. Towns and cities and states and countries could be transformed. Listen, big church, I don't want us to be the story that ends with a period. I don't want our story to end. I want our story to continue. I don't want to be like Jericho. I don't want to miss his presence. Come on, anybody out there don't want to miss his power? They want to miss his healing? Jesus will always show up if you make him part of your story. I say, might as well be here. Might as well be right now. Verse 46. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, 
sat by the road begging. Here's the first part of his, word, his name is Bar, B-A-R. Bar means son of, son of Timaeus, which Timaeus was his dad, right? So here he is. He doesn't even have a name of his own. He was known as the blind beggar. His identity was wrapped up in his disability. He was blind. He was a beggar. He had no worth. His disability defined who he was. I'm going to ask you a question. What have you let define or disable you? I'm going to let you think about that while I slip over here and get my water. What have you allowed to define or disable you? Has it been hurt? Has it been pain? Has it been depression? Has it been your self-image? Or has it been past relationships? Come on, can I get an amen on that one? You got to hear this. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your struggle. Jesus knows your struggle, but he calls you by his name. That was so good. I'm going to say it again. The devil knows your name, but calls you by his name. You need to tell him he's a liar and from the pit of hell. But Jesus knows your struggle, but he calls you by your name because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God wants to change your identity. He wants to change your way of thinking. Look at verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy upon me. Here's the thing about him. He was blind, but he wasn't deaf. He could hear what was going on around him. He could hear the buzz. There's times when we just disconnect, and like Gabrielle said, we just, we'd get distracted, but Jesus is walking by us, and we hear the buzz of lives being changed and, and things happening, but yet we don't hear it. What happens when one, sight goes, one, one sense goes away? Your hearing becomes sharper. My wife cannot see, and she cannot hear very well, but she can smell anything. So we get, in these, uh, we get in these things. She says that I stink. Even after I take a bath or a shower, she said, you're rude. It smells like pepper in here. And she'll walk through the house, and, 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 and she's, she's kind of extra a little bit, y'all, if y'all haven't figured that out. But she'll walk through the house and go, what is that smell? And I'm like, I don't smell anything. She said, it's, it's the stench of it all. <laughs> Love you, babe. But listen, you might be lacking in one area, but you may be strong in another area. That's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to be here on Sunday. That's why you need to be there at your small group. That's why you need to be at crew, because you, we are better together. You may be having a week that you wish would go away, and someone's having a great week, and they can speak into your life. You need, and we need each other. This blind man could sense what a city missed. A blind man, he saw with his heart what the people with sight could not see. Verse 48, and then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy upon me. The world, when you're trying to call out to Jesus, will try to silence you. You're always going to have negative people out there saying, why you go to church all the time? You're always going to have haters out there saying, you haven't really changed Am I telling the truth this morning? 
people who just don't understand how much you want and how much you need Jesus. And let me tell you what about him. He was desperate. He was tired. He had had enough. You ever had enough as enough in your life before? He had had enough. So he took his one shot. He took his one opportunity. It said he shouted and cried out more, Son of David, have mercy upon me. He didn't use that little inside voice that I tell the girls to use sometimes. He used that outside voice. He said, son of David, I don't want you to pass by me. I want you to make sure that you hear me this morning. Remember, Jericho is an Old Testament city. And what happened to the walls? They had large walls around them. And God told the Israelites to go and march around those walls seven times. And on the seventh time, you know why the walls, how the walls came falling down? With a shout. You got to keep shouting till your walls fall. Oh, come on. You got you to you be, be more excited about this. You got to be shouting. Keep shouting till your walls fall. You got to keep praising until something changes in your life. Oh, he was going to keep shouting till every wall fell in his life. Bartimaeus could have missed his miracle if he would have accepted what other people had said. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Shout louder. And don't limit yourself to what other people's opinions. You want to praise like crazy in this church? Praise like crazy. It doesn't matter what, who's next to you. It don't matter if they think, why has he got his hands up? And why does she move around that way? It doesn't matter. You praise the way God has delivered you. If you praise the way God delivered you, you wouldn't care who was looking at you. Look what happens if we don't give up. And if we take our shot. Verse 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to become. We have the ability with our praise. We have the ability with our shout. We have the ability with our life to stop Jesus in his tracks. It said he stood still. How? Because prayer came involved in that. Praise came involved in that. Being humble came involved. He stopped in his tracks. Jesus, here's the good part. He called him to come. Now, Jesus, the polite thing you could have done was you could have walked over to him. You know he's blind. Right? You know, I mean, you, you, he could make the trip because he had a little bit more of an advantage. But Jesus wanted to see how bad did he want the change. He wanted to see how bad he wanted the healing. You know, a lot of times Jesus is calling us to, out to us and we're saying, I can't. It's always been this way. Oh, things are never, ever going to change. Excuses, excuses, excuses a lot of times in our lives. 49. Then they, hold on. <laughs> Wrong one. Then they, listen to this, the haters I put out there, called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. The people's language changed from the previous verse, did it not? Oh, what's the matter? You like me now? You didn't like me when I was down. Come on, your friends, you, you'll find out who your friends are when, they, when you go through hell in your life. You didn't like me when I was down, but now I'm being called by Jesus and you want to be my buddy? I don't think so. You like me now, uh-huh. We ain't going to be BFF. Sorry about your luck. But listen to this. 
If you'll stay in the process long enough, people's views will start to change. You know, you just started coming to church and there's some things that are happening in your life. You're not understanding them and people are not understanding them. If you stay in the process long enough, they're going to say, man, something's different about him. Something's different about her. If you stay in the process and don't give up. Then number 50 says, and throwing away aside the garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. No, this is, I'm not being Frito Bandito here. <laughs> this garment that he wore every day, it labeled him to who he was. This garment that he wore every day made his disability become his status. This garment that he wore every day became his comfort zone. He was sitting outside. This thing kept him warm. I remember my daughter was little. She had a blanket. She carried it around. She called it her pieces. And she carried that thing around till I mean, it had holes and it was frayed. But let me tell you something. She couldn't sleep without her pieces. She couldn't go anywhere without her pieces. And so many times we let what wraps us up become our identity. And God says, I want you to throw it aside. Why are you still trying to hold on to old things? I'm asking this morning, why? You're still wrapped up in the world. You're still wrapped up in your friends and your relationships. You're wrapped up in your money. It don't fit anymore. But a lot of times what we do is we do this. Okay, I'm throwing it aside, Lord. But yet we walk over. Oh, dang it, it's still there. And then we kick it over here just a little bit away. And we walk over this way and we trip over it again. And, and we wonder why we keep tripping over the same stuff over and over and over. Why are you tripping? I'm going to get some rap in here one way or another. We think of a disability as being physical, as being hearing and sight and body. But there are many things that disable us like fear and like shame and anxiety and regret. And let me tell you what you got to do. Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. Here's what he done. He threw it aside. You know why? Good catch. He didn't want nothing to keep him from getting to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've not thrown that issue far enough. Maybe you've not put that thing aside far enough and you keep tripping over top of it. God says, throw it out there, get it out there. You won't have to deal with it any longer. Woo. He didn't want nothing keeping him from Jesus. Verse 51. And so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, whatever that word is, that I may receive my sight. What a question. What do you want me to do for you? Obviously, Jesus, I can't see. I would like to have my eyes back. But here's what Jesus already knew what he needed. Well, you got to hear this. He wanted him to acknowledge the problem. He wanted him to acknowledge the problem. God can heal if you will reveal. Acknowledging, God wants to heal everything you want to reveal. Acknowledging and confession leads to freedom. It was also faith. 
It, it was also a faith Jesus wanted to see. He wanted to see how bad he really wanted this. And would he take a step? He got to the point, the man did. He said this. He knew what he wanted. He'd been blind from birth. He wanted to see. Whether it's wanting to see or wanting to change the world, ask God specifically. So many times we go into our prayers and they're just all over the place. You ever have a rabbit trail prayer? God says, I want you to ask specifically what you want because nothing was going to change for him until he asked Jesus. Let's look at verse 52. And when Jesus said to him, then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. The man was probably waiting for Jesus to walk over and touch him. He didn't touch him. He was waiting for him to wave, wave the magic wand or wave his magic hands. He didn't do any of that. He, there was nothing theatrical about it. He only spoke the word. Sometimes you don't have to have nobody lay hands on you. Sometimes you don't gotta be in the best service. You just need the word of God spoke over your life. He spoke the word. It's a perfect example of living by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by what? Say it louder. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. Bartimaeus believed that his deliverance and his healing was near even though he could not see it. His identity changed with one encounter. Bar, the guy that did not have a name, now he was a son of God. He was no longer labeled. He was a child of the king now. He took his shot. Why? Because he had a desperate need. And he had a knowledge of that need. He knew what he needed. And he was determined to get that need met. Here's another big part of the story. Jesus, in history, never passed through that city again. Let that sink in. He never passed that way that city again. Bartimaeus knew he had one shot. He had one opportunity. He had one chance to get hold of Jesus. And he cried out and said, Son of David, have mercy upon me. So many times God wants to do something big in our lives and, and we just sit back passively. There was a, there's a world sitting out there on the road begging right now. They're right outside of the gates of big church right now. Are we going to allow Jesus to come and to go? Without getting them to come in, they're waiting for Jesus to pass by. And we have to be the ones that point them because they're spiritually blind. What I love about this, and I'm closing here. Jesus is not a one-shot Savior. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you after the first time? or the second time, or the third time, or the 33rd time, or the 103rd time. Aren't you glad of that? I'm so glad that he has grace and, and glad that he has love and mercy. But listen to me. What if there are certain times and there are certain things and certain opportunities that only come once? Think about it. The Bible says you're not promised tomorrow. It says, don't worry about tomorrow because you're not promised it. Life is but a vapor. What if you had one opportunity that only came once? Jesus is actually passing by and he cares enough to stop, to listen, and to heal everything that you need. 
Take a st- uh, stand up with me, if you would, please. In Isaiah, it says this. It says to give them beauty for ashes. To give them joy for mourning. To give them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I really think that you need to take a shot this morning. You need to allow God to help you to rise from the ashes and make you beautiful. You need to ask God to take away your depression and your fear and your sadness and give you the joy unspeakable and full of glory that he has in bring for you. I'm asking you this morning too to throw off that old coat of heaviness that you've been carrying around. Can I just tell you, Jesus saved you. You don't have to carry that thing anymore. Whatever the enemy is trying to tell you, you still have to lug that thing around. You have to carry it. You don't have to do that anymore. He said, throw it off. But let everybody tell you this morning, throw it off far enough that you don't trip over it. Throw off that old coat of heaviness and replace it with praise. You don't know what your praise can do. You don't know what your worship can do. You don't know what your cry out can do. I wrote this down. Reach out, get up, and experience what God has for us immediately. So many times we think, man, this definition of insanity is doing the same thing, getting, wanting a different result. We do the same thing. We, okay, why aren't we changing? It's because we're not taking the steps to change. I'm telling you that from experience. But let me tell you what we also do. Sometimes that's a physical step. And we have our altars open. Our prayer team's going to be up on the left and right. But sometimes that's a physical step. He had to get up. He had to throw his blanket off. And he had to make his way towards Jesus. Don't you know how hard that must have been? Sometimes you ever try to walk in a dark room? How hard would that have been to walk towards Jesus? But Jesus wanted to see. And Bartimaeus knew he had to take a physical step. There could be a step that you want to take to come to this altar or you might need to pray with somebody right next to you. Maybe you need to grab hold of your wife's hand this morning. Maybe you need to take hold of a family member or a friend and you just to pray with them. Take that step into a spiritual journey with with someone beside you. Father, we come to you right now and we thank you. Thank you that you're not a one-shot savior. Thank you, God, that you've given us chance after chance. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy. But Lord, I also, I pray you help us to take our chance, to take our shot. And not let take for granted that you'll always be walking by. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would pass through these aisles. You would pass down through these seats right now. And you would be with each and every one in this place today. God, let their spirit connect with your spirit. And let them be one with you. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.